divorce become a reality and you are asking yourself, now what? If you have questions about your new life, you're in the right place. Her Divorce Source with Leah Jones is the go-to podcast for women before, during, and after a divorce. Join me, Leah Jones, a certified divorce financial analyst at Hightower Bethesda, as I help you envision and create a new life that's full of possibilities, empowerment, and freedom. I'll tackle your concerns about lifestyle and money, giving you practical guidance you can use right away. Now let's get started. Dating after divorce is actually a thing. People do it. But it may not be like riding a bicycle where once you've learned how, you can always do it again. Enter a dating coach. Leah Jones' guest is Michelle Jacoby, who has developed a program for dating after divorce. She talks about the new landscape that includes kids, career, and self-esteem. Michelle, thanks so much for joining us today. I am so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited too. So the reason for my excitement is I feel like this is a topic that divorcing women or divorced women, or even women thinking about divorce, whichever category you fall into, they're all very interested in, and it might even be hard to verbalize it. You might feel like you have no one to talk to about it, but it is a topic on women's minds. And I would just love to start with your story, because I think you have one of the most interesting stories. And I think also the listeners, this will give them a chance to identify with your situation. Okay. Well, I'm happy to share. I got married in my twenties, got divorced in my thirties and found myself single and dating after divorce, just like your listeners. And it wasn't easy. I actually had a really frustrating experience putting myself out there again after being divorced and ended up in some relationships that didn't serve me and um, really had to figure out for myself how to navigate dating in a way that was strategic and smart. And so I figured that out happily. I came up with a program for myself. I met a wonderful man who I've been with for about a dozen years. And somewhere along this journey, had the idea to teach what I learned to other women. And I started a matchmaking and coaching company, which I've had for about 13 years now. And I have never looked back. I have the most satisfying and most wonderful and rewarding career. I just absolutely love helping women find healthy, happy relationships. I love this concept that dating is a skill, that it has to be practiced, that we're not all innately gifted in this dating area. And uh, I know that that's a concept that you have really coined. So talk to us a little bit about that, what that means. And if you're not good at it, don't be upset with yourself because there's a whole bunch of us that aren't good at it, but just recognizing that it is a skill is step one. So talk to our listeners about that. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I actually think that we're sort of programmed to subconsciously screw up. (laughs) We're programmed to choose the wrong people. It's really interesting. And dating is a skill. It's something that you can hone, something that you can master. And it's not intuitive. I find that some of the smartest, most successful women I've ever met, when it comes to dating, they are not skillful and they don't have success. So that's why I've created a program where I teach strategy so that you can date strategically, really understand how men think, date, and operate, which is important. And I've had the pleasure of working with single men for 13 years and also how to be efficient. So it doesn't rob you of all your time, 
when you have a plan, when you understand how to be strategic, just the outcome is so much better and the process is so much more fun. I love that you talked about that smart, successful women struggle with dating because I have seen this myself firsthand. And it's hard when you're so successful at everything else that you do and you know you either work hard and get through it or you're innately talented at something or whatever it is. And dating, unfortunately, just doesn't correlate to that. So I'm I'm glad that our listeners are able to connect with a resource that might be able to to help them in that area because I know that that's incredibly uh, frustrating when you're good at so many other things. I want to pivot a little bit here and go to dating right after divorce because that is a very vulnerable time depending on your perspective. You might be so eager to do so. You might be really hesitant to, but what are some of the mistakes that you see women make dating right after divorce? Great question, because it's true. You've gone through a divorce, you've gone through the hard stuff, and now you're ready for that wonderful feeling of connecting with a new person, starting over. Maybe you didn't have that connection with your ex and you're so excited to have it or to feel that way. The problem I see is that people jump into dating before they do their personal work. And what I mean by that is, first and foremost, you have to create a life that you love without a partner. That's really, really important. You can't feel like something's missing. So sometimes it takes a little while to get to a place where you're good with you, you're good with yourself emotionally, financially, recreated a life that works for you. Because as you know, when you go through a divorce, your life changes so much and it's an adjustment period. So once you get to a place where you don't need a man, but you want a man, that's, I think, when you're you know, ready to start dating. And then the next mistake that women make is they jump into the pool without knowing how to swim. <laughs> they, they don't have a plan. They don't understand how dating works. And so they invest their time and often end up with men who are not a good fit for them. And you've worked so hard after a divorce to create the sense of peace and happiness in your life after going through something so difficult. And I feel like inviting the wrong person into your life can screw things up all over again. And so it's so important to learn from your past relationship, to do the work to really, and when I say the work, people are thinking, what does that mean? Well, one of the things that I do with my clients is to really get clear on what your boundaries are going to be moving forward, really get clear on how to hold those boundaries and articulate your needs, really get clear on what you need, because likely in your marriage, you didn't get your needs met. And so doing all of this work before you even start dating, and then really understanding how to put yourself out there in a way that's smart, it's so important because what I did after my divorce and what so many women do is they invite men into their lives who are not the right men and create drama and difficulty. And I just don't want any of your listeners to go through that. Absolutely. All good feedback. So on another kind of topic that I know is first and foremost on on people's minds is if they have kids. So this is hard, right? Dating as a single parent and uh, managing your schedule and managing your time split with your children and, and all that good stuff and managing your children's expectations about you dating. So there's so many different topics we can talk about here let's just get started. What, what, are, what are tips you give to your uh, single moms? Well, first I want to share that the tips that I give come from a place of experience. When I was single, I had four kids 
ranging from the ages of newborn <laughs> to teenager. So I know what it's like to manage a life at home with children and then really dating intentionally and putting myself out there. And so I know that it's hard. And I know that it's hard to manage not only your own emotions, but your kids' emotions. It's hard to manage your time. It's challenging, but it's very, very doable. So what advice do I give? Where do I start? Um, first of all, you really need to make a decision that dating is going to be a priority because it's so easy to get swallowed up into childcare and focusing on your kids. But you're not just a mom. You're you. You're a person. You deserve to have friendships and, and spend time with your friends. And you deserve also to find love. So depending on the age of your kids, if they're older, you might talk with them and let them know that you're going to be dating. If they're younger, sometimes they they just are clueless as to what's going on. But, but, you know, just making sure that your kids are in a healthy place before you introduce someone into their life. And then when you're, when you're feeling that your, your kids are in a good place, putting yourself out there, making time, getting babysitters. Um, I personally let my kids know that I was dating. I thought that they were old enough and that enough time had gone by and that they were doing well. Um, but you really got to see how your kids are doing. Um, but then once you make the decision, my kids are in a good place, I'm in a good place, I'm going to put myself out there, you have to design your life so that there's time for you to do that. You know, you, you, can't, you can't meet someone really wonderful and then say, well, I can't get together for another two weeks because of my child's sharing schedule and my carpools and this and that. You have to figure out a way to, to, to find time between all of the kids stuff to really focus on someone. And it's tricky, but I really believe if something's a priority, you can make it happen. That might mean sleeping a little less. That might mean getting help, um, driving your kids somewhere. It, I had one client who decided to stop coaching her kid's soccer team because it was taking up so much of her time that she couldn't focus on what would make her happy. She was giving all her energy to her children. And she, she said to me, her happiness meter went up so much when she delegated and then really focused on not only what her kids needed, but what she needed. So, I mean, there's so many different issues to address when you're a single mom dating, but I think making sure your kids are okay, making sure you're in a good place, and then really prioritizing dating so that, so that in addition to being a great mom who's there for your kids, you're also there for yourself. So many good pieces of advice there. I don't know where to start. I'll, I'll start with probably one of the most pressing questions that I think women have in, and that's what's the right time frame to introduce someone that you're seeing to your kids. Everybody has such different opinions on this and I can only share mine with you. As I said, I think it's really important that your kids are in a good place. If your kids are really struggling, you know, it's not the right time. Some people think they should wait six months to a year, date someone, make sure this person is the one before I introduce them to my kids. I don't believe that's actually possible. How can you know if someone is the one without seeing how they interact with your children? So my advice is to wait until you see real potential with someone. Maybe you've gone out with them three, four, five, six times. You see real potential. Maybe you're deciding to be exclusive with them, to date only them without the distraction of other people. But once you see real potential with someone, then you can introduce them to your kids. I think that's important because you want to see how does this person interact with kids? Is it a healthy interaction? Do they like my kids? Do my kids like them? Why would you invite someone into your life if they didn't blend into your family well? You're really trying people on for size. And the problem is if you wait six months or a year, 
you've invested all of that time. And then you could invite someone to meet your kids and, and it's really not working and you've wasted a year of your life. So I'm of the belief that not too soon, but soon, because I really want to, I'm, I'm investigating the person I'm dating, right? I'm looking and seeing how he fits into my life. I'm a package deal with my children. I want to see how we all interact together. It's important to have that information when you're deciding if this could be your person. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I know it's really hard. You can't just give it some blanket six months, a year, right? I mean, that you just can't. And I couldn't agree with you more that it's a deal breaker, right? If someone doesn't like kids or specifically doesn't like your kids, and now you've spent all this time with them, that's, that's an awful place to be in. Well, I dated someone who was great for me. I had a great time with him. We had great chemistry. He was a good guy, had a good job, was thoughtful, treated me beautifully. He was really not good with my kids. And then when I met him and I, and I got to observe him with his kids, the way he parented did not work for me at all. And I quickly ended that relationship. And I'm glad that I did because that cleared space in my life. The next person I met was my husband. And had I continued to date him, I would not have been single to meet my husband. So I really think that Someone could be wonderful, but if they're not, if it doesn't work with your children, it doesn't work, period. And the sooner you get rid of the wrong person, the more quickly you meet the right person. Love that. I also think what you just said is crucial, which is don't just assume that because someone has kids <laughs> that you're going to like the way that they interact with kids, i.e. their own or yours. So that does not necessarily mean it's going to work out. Yeah. Another interesting thing is when I was a single mom dating, I thought I wanted to end up with a single dad. I figured that a man with kids would really understand my life and my priorities. And I ended up marrying a man who doesn't have kids. He ended up adopting my little one who I had adopted. And he's a phenomenal father and he's a great stepdad. So, you know, if you have this idea in your mind, because I have kids, I should be dating a dad be more open. You never know. I do think dating a dad is great because you get to, it's like a preview. You get to see what kind of father he is, um, whether you have kids or not. But in my case, I ended up with someone different than I expected. And that can, that happens a lot, by the way. I really encourage people to be more open because sometimes the person the universe brings you is not the person you expected or were looking for. I couldn't agree with that more. I couldn't agree with that more myself. The other thing that that you said that I, I just want to talk about a little bit more, because again, this is something I've heard from a lot of divorced women is, well, you know, I'm so busy and I don't have the time, but I will make the time when I meet the right person. And what I heard <laughs> you say is you hear that all the time too, yeah. and you're not buying it. So talk oh. to me about I love why. This. Yeah. yeah. I love why that, why that doesn't work. I love this intention of when I meet the right guy, of course, I'll make time for him. The problem is one of the biggest complaints I hear from single men is that women don't have time. In the very beginning, you need to seem available and enthusiastic. Otherwise, it never gets to that place where you've connected with someone and then you make him a priority, right? You need to make someone feel like a priority from the get-go. I mean, a quality guy has a lot of options. He doesn't want to um, be excited about someone who could only see him, you know, once every two weeks. That doesn't feel good. So I'm not saying you have to drop everything. You have a life, you have kids, you have friends, you have a job. But 
If someone says, when are you free? Don't say, well, I'm busy with PTA on Wednesday and I have this on Thursday and carpool. Just say I'm free Saturday and Tuesday. And I can't wait to see you. So you've just got to come off as available and enthusiastic and make someone feel like a priority from the get-go if you like him. Otherwise, he's not going to be around for later. That makes a lot of sense. Next, next kind of topic, and I think this comes up with moms all the time as well, is mom guilt. So mm-hmm. that's another kind of detractor. That's another story we tell ourselves. But talk to me a little bit about that and how you get out of that. I'm of the belief that it's important to show your children that you're more than just a mother. Because someday your daughters will be young women and your sons will date or have a woman in their life. I I understand this idea of feeling like, you know, I've been through a divorce. The kids have gone through so much. You know, I want to give them everything. But giving them everything also means showing them all the different multifaceted ways that you are a woman. And that means I do invest time in my career. I do spend time with my friends. And it also means that I'm a woman who wants to share my life with someone. I want love in my life. And I'm not saying you should go out seven nights a week and leave your kids with a sitter. In a reasonable way, it's okay for your kids to understand mom's going out and she'll come back. As long as you find someone who's responsible and fun for your kids to spend time with, it's okay. They'll learn to trust that you're coming back. They'll see you as a woman who's not just a mom who prioritizes herself because I want my daughters and my daughters did grow up to be women who prioritize their own happiness and who have lots of different interests. And I know that when they become mothers, if they do become mothers, that they'll take beautiful care of their children, but they'll never neglect themselves. And I think they saw me doing that. And that's how they learned that. So mom guilt, yeah, it's a thing. But taking care of yourself, it's like, it's like when you're in an airplane and you put your mask on first, the oxygen mask, you have to take care of yourself to be an excellent mom. And I'll say the times in my, my life as a mom that I'm least proud of were when I was unhappy and didn't treat my kids well. I didn't have the patience I thought I should have. You know, I snapped at my kids. When you take care of yourself physically, you exercise, you take care of yourself and your friendships, and you take care of yourself in terms of love you're in such a happy, positive place that that impacts your kid's happiness and the kind of mom you are. So I say, take the mom guilt, throw it away and take good care of you. Love that. That's right. Take the mom guilt, throw it away. I love that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about just tips in general for, for women out in the dating scene. I know you're very passionate about this. So just give, give her listeners a little bit of, of tips. Oh my gosh, I could do this all day long, but let me just start with a couple that I think that everyone could use. The first thing is that I have a saying, assumptions keep you single. We make so many assumptions about people before we really know them. You know, we see someone online and he's wearing an ugly shirt and we think, oh my God, this guy's such a loser. Or we see someone I don't know, at an event and he's quiet and shy. So we think, oh, he must be such a geek. Or we meet someone and I know they text us too much and we think, oh my God, this person is just overzealous and needy. You know what? Sometimes wonderful men are bad at dating. And that's a really important concept to get because also sometimes really shitty men are really good at dating, right? So we've got to cut people slack and understand that, that, If we make assumptions about people based on our past experience, 
we're not really giving people a fair shot. You know, if you, I have one client who said, I don't want to date anyone in the military because I've dated a couple of guys in the military and they were terrible. And I said to her, wait a minute, you're going to exclude every single military guy because you made two bad choices in your past. That's on you. You invited those men in your life. You know, I've heard women put people in boxes and say, well, these kinds of people are this way, or those kinds of people. You are making so many assumptions. You don't know this person yet. So understand that sometimes really good guys are bad at dating. If someone has, if someone has, let's say someone has no pictures on their online profile, don't assume they're married or ugly. They might have a really big job where they can't put their picture online, or they might be nervous. Ask for a picture. If somebody doesn't walk you to your car after a date, don't assume he is an arse, <laughs> pardon me, or you know, isn't a guy with manners. Maybe he got nervous and didn't think of it. Maybe he thought you might be more comfortable walking to your car yourself. I don't know. But I'm just saying there are hundreds of different ways when you're dating that you can make assumptions. I would rather you ask, ask a question. If you're on a date and a guy's talking about his ex, okay, which I hate, and you're going to assume, you know what, this guy's not ready to date. This guy's still stuck in the past. Why don't you stop him and ask and say something like, you know, you're talking about your ex a lot. And here we are on a date. This is making me think that you're not in a place to be dating, that you're not really ready for a relationship. Is that true? You might have just schooled him and helped him out. He might be bad at dating. He might be, oh, no, no, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm actually really in a good place. So there are a hundred different ways we make assumptions. Just stop. If you have a question, ask. Ask yourself, do I know this to be a fact? <laughs> do I know that every single military guy is a bad guy? Of course not. You know, so assumptions are really important. And also this concept that really good guys are bad at dating. For instance, online dating. If I had a nickel for every time I saw a poorly written profile with terrible pictures, I'd have a boatload of nickels. Guys are guys. They pick bad pictures sometimes. And honestly, it's a good thing I met my husband in a restaurant because after we met, he showed me his online profile and I could have made so many assumptions. He wrote don't contact me if you're this. Don't contact me if you're that. Like Mr. Negative, I could have assumed he was negative and nasty. He's not. He just was frustrated and bad at writing online profiles. His pictures were terrible. I could have assumed that, that he looked that way, but he doesn't. So really cutting people slack, being curious, don't make assumptions, and understand that really good guys are sometimes very bad at dating. Those are all such great tangible pieces of feedback. And all I could think of while you were saying those things is it's the stories we tell ourselves, right? This kind of inner dialogue that we have about things that we don't know for a fact, but we're just applying some type of general principle that we think is true. And the reality is uh, we all know so little about each other <laughs> and even less based on small things like pictures and things that yeah. people have written in a situation where everybody feels awkward. So, yeah. And what happens is we end up, what I find people doing is over eliminating guys they should be dating and then investing time in men they shouldn't be dating. So you make an assumption about someone really quickly, you write them off, <laughs> but then there's somebody who's not treating you properly, or there's all these red flags and you'll invest. That's what I try to get to the heart at with my clients is really helping them understand when to invest and when to run. And people get it all confused. 
talk to us a little bit on that on that point because you've written a book, um, and the topic is is right on point for what we're talking about right now. So, talk to our listeners a little bit about the book you wrote. Thank you. I wrote a book called Never Waste Time on the Wrong Man Again. The title explains the book. It is so important to end up in a healthy, happy relationship. We don't want drama and dysfunction and all of the things that can be heartbreaking and make life difficult. That work to choose the right person is done when you're dating. You're vetting men at every single stage of dating. And one of the things that I teach in my book and one of the things that I work on with my clients is to create a contract, a contract between you and yourself. It's called a protective contract, and it's where you really list your boundaries. I will not date a man who. And then you put the negative behaviors. You think about what you've been through in your marriage. You think about what you've been through in your past, even with your family and friends. And you're really creating this red line that I will not date a man who treats me this way. And I teach my clients how to articulate these boundaries and how to really decide based on the gentleman's response whether they should stay and invest or if they should move on. And as I said before, the fastest way to meet the right person is to get rid of the wrong person quickly. So I teach my clients a lot of things, how to date online strategically, how to flirt, how to this, how to that, you know, when to have sex and, and why, when to be exclusive and how to do that and why. But I think the most important thing that I teach my clients is to get very clear on what they need because their needs must be met for a relationship to work and also how to hold strong boundaries, to really hold them. You know, writing them down is one thing, but actually holding them is another thing because you wanna be treated beautifully the way you deserve to be treated. And choosing your partner is the most important decision you'll make in your life because that person will impact your happiness more than any other human. So it's an important decision and you must have strong boundaries. Well, Michelle, I have to say we've covered a lot in a short amount of time. And I I think that this is going to be really helpful to a lot of our listeners. I mean, we started off learning more about your background and how you faced this as a challenge and said, I want to make it better, which is something I always personally all um, love and admire about other people taking a bad situation and, and turning it into something positive, helping other people. Um, we talked a lot about dating right after divorce, mistakes people make, how to spend the right amount of time and who to spend it with. Dating as a single parent touched on so many key points here. You know, when's the right time to introduce, how to get over mom guilt, how to prioritize yourself and still be a great mom and show your kids the right perspective to go on to live healthy lives for themselves tips for newly dating and uh, talking about your book, never wasting time on the wrong guy again. Um, So many different resources that you have created. And and I have to say one thing that sticks with me is as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, so many divorced women or divorcing women are talking to their friends and their friends might not be good daters either. You know, like I, they, they might not know how to give the right advice and they're stuck in their own stories and their own interpretations of things. But what I like about you is you're like a dating neutral. That's what we sometimes refer to ourselves in the financial industry as a financial neutral. You're a neutral. So you're coming at it really objectively and trying to give them these tips to be successful. So I love that. I think you're the person to talk to. And uh, Michelle, how do people get in touch with you? 
Thank you. I want to add one more thing before I tell people how to get in touch with me. Dating is supposed to be fun. I didn't say that. And I want to make sure I say that dating is exciting. It's fun. You're meeting new people. It should be really enjoyable. And if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. So I just wanted to say that dating should be really enjoyable. People are cool. Thank you. So if people want to get in touch with me, the first thing that I would love to do is to gift your listeners my book. If you would like to read my book, Never Waste Time on the Wrong Man Again, you can go to michellesbook.com and you can download it for free. And it's Michelle with two L's. And I would love for you to read it. And then, you know, tell me what you thought. You can also reach me at, let's see, Michelle at michellejacoby.com or on Instagram at Michelle underscore Jacoby. And it's J-A-C-O-B-Y. I would be so happy to hear from you. And, um, you know, if you can always Google matchmakers in Washington, D.C., I'm all over the place. Thank you so much, Michelle. And I hope people do reach out because I think that you can help a lot of people. And also michellejacoby.com. Oh my goodness, there's so many ways. And thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for this opportunity. You know, I just, I know that you are a platform for women who've been through divorce. And my goal as a coach is to make sure that the next relationship is the last relationship and, and that it's really beautiful and satisfying you know, and meets all of your needs. And really, I want you to live happily ever after. Well, that's what I think our listeners want too. So thank you for that final point, those final couple of great points. If you want to get in touch with me, you can always go to our website, uh, hightowerbethesda.com. And my name is on there, Leah Jones. And um, also in this podcast, there will be a link to schedule a meeting directly with me uh, if you're interested in setting up a consultation. So thanks so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Her Divorce Source with Leah Jones from Hightower Bethesda. Don't forget to follow the podcast to be notified whenever a new episode is released. Hightower LLC is an SEC registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA SIPC. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.